City Limits. Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Limits. Good morning. Good morning, you're on City Limits. And it's a lovely early Wednesday morning and poor old Kevin's at home with a cold. Oh. <laughs> um, we, we have, I just want to thank uh, Mike for panelling today. And coming up on the show, we're going to talk to Peter Mooney from the um, Electrical Trades Union Victoria about the ongoing EBA with... Um, with electricians working in gas mining. You're listening to City Limits on 3CR 8.55am. The time is 9.16 and we have on the line Peter Mooney. How's it going? Good, thanks. How are you going? Oh, yeah. All right. Um, can you please introduce yourself? Um, Peter Mooney, um, branch organiser for the Electrical Trades Union based down here in Gippsland. And at the moment you're representing electricians in gas mining. Um, no, no, we're representing um, electricians that work in the oil and gas industry for ExxonMobil, um, both working onshore and offshore. Fair enough. And yeah. um, how long have uh, you been trying to hammer out the latest EBA? We've been going for about 12 months now. Um, it's been a fairly long process. We started in about July of last year. Um, and that process um, is you know ongoing and, and continuing. And we've... We've been taking um, protected industrial action for about six months now um, and the parties are no, no closer in their negotiations at the moment. So what are the sticking points? Well, the main sticking points are actually the company's made some um, significant claims um, against the, um, the unions and our members, um, um, in particular uh, um, three um, crucial ones that they see that are important to them. Um, The first one being um, our offshore members. Our offshore members work a seven-on, seven-off roster, um, and the company wants to change that to 14 days at work and 14 days off. Um, And our um, our people who work offshore are are, are very much against that type of roster, considering that most of the platforms in Bass Strait are 20 to 40-year-old. You know, so, you know, accommodations isn't good. Um, you know, the living style is not the freshest. People can put up for it for a, bit, a week, but they can't put up for it, you know, for two weeks. Um, they have so to work why, really um, long hours while they're on the drilling yeah, platforms do, as well. Yeah, they do 12 hours, um, and we've got people who do night shifts as well, so it's 24-7 operation. So, mm. uh, you know, it's, 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 it's an environment that is fairly harsh and very isolated too. So, um, is that a safety concern, the long hours? Oh, very much so. Fatigue is a big issue um, for the unions and also for the members. Yeah. Not unusual, but for people in the offshore industry in other states, um, in particular in Western Australia, to work um, longer rosters. Um, 14, 14 is 
pretty widespread in Western Australia in the offshore industry and, and in some cases there are even rosters of 21 and 21 and the maritime unions actually work month on, month off in a lot of cases. Well, you could argue that workers in Asia have to work 16-hour days, you know, yeah, with no holidays. Yeah. Why don't we do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, we've, yeah, got to think, right. we've got to think bigger and better. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, other two issues relate to the onshore area, and they talk, they're more around um, um, operational um, um, issues, um, and one of those is the demanding of operational people and, um, and the, also the rosters that those people work onshore too um, in changing their rosters now and they have big sticking points and in particular manning in the operational areas um, we have and we our members have uh, um, grave concern um, in relation to their safety if an accident was to occur at those gas plants and, and in particular you would remember we did have a an explosion at Logford in 1998 um, where you know Victoria was out without gas for a, a number of weeks, and uh, um, our people are very concerned. Um, you know, if you reduce our manning, we could end up in a similar situation down at Longford again. So, um, so they're the, really the three main sticking points. But there's numerous other claims the company has against the union as well. So, uh, uh, so it, it is a really drawn out battle at the moment. What sort of um, numbers on site does the union say is safe as opposed to the company? Oh, well, we're at 13. We, currently we have 13 you know, um, shift people on at any one stage. Um, the company was talking about reducing that at one stage down to about seven. Now, now they've come way back up uh, and they're, they're at, um, at 11 or 12 at the moment, so... Um, and, and that's where we're at in relation to that issue. Um, I understand that last week you had some sort of industri- uh, protected industrial action. Can you tell me about that? Uh, we've, we've been taking protected industrial action well, for, for some time. Um, there is another two unions that are involved in the dispute. There's the AWU and the AMWU. Um, ourselves and the AMWU um, have been taken industrial action across all the SO sites, mm. um, mainly work bans and stoppages. Um, the AWU at the moment, unfortunately, has a federal court order against them, um, which is restricting them from taking any action at the moment. Um, and our bans and limitations that the, um, the AMW and ourselves are taking uh, have continued to you know, put pressure on the company, but that pressure doesn't seem to be getting the company back to the table to really see any compromise in their in their position on those three issues I spoke about earlier. So can we talk about historically, can you tell us about the special relationship that existed between the um, Balti government and ESSO when the gas mining offshore started? That's too long ago for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Were you around? Was, no, I wasn't. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Were no, you around no, in the early 2000s when the sector was deregulated? Um, I can't remember a lot of it, but um, when you say deregulated, what they did was that, um, you, you can imagine, um, ExxonMobil came here in the 60s. They um, supported the, um, um, the Victorian government at the time, which created a um, oil and gas industry in Victoria, um, which then, um, you know, the gas that we have today... Um, after the explosion in 1998, um, under the um, 
Brack's government, I think it was, there was um, more players were brought into the into the picture, and that's why you had the, the likes of Origin um, and a few other different players. But over overall, Exxon Mobil still supplies um, the majority of gas on the east coast of uh, of Australia. You know, they supply into Queensland, New South Wales, and they are the majority supplier in Victoria. They are. So, um, you know all this new uh, CSG mining, has that affected the gas prices overall? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Um, um, really, gas has, my understanding, has um, just globally, on the global market, has um, increased significantly. And that's one of the fears that um, people should have in, in Australia is, is, you know, if our gas gets tied to world commodity prices, then um, we could see really high spikes in gas prices. I know for a fact now, you know, some of the places I look after here in Gippsland are very concerned about gas prices overall um, and where gas prices are going, which makes them very uncompetitive, um, you know, when they're trying to manufacture, um, you know, paper products and all those type of things is becoming very, um, very difficult for them. So actually this is a very profitable industry. Um... Oh, very profitable, very profitable. Um, ExxonMobil, and, and, and you've got to remember it's partnered with BHP Billiton, who owns the other 50%. Um, they've been making you know, uh, more than a billion dollars a year in profit wow. here in Victoria. So you know, they're no small, you know, no small um, player when it comes to you know, the oil and gas industry. You know, ExxonMobil really is, really is the biggest oil and gas company in the world, you know, and um, their profits are huge worldwide, so hmm. I don't know. So they could afford to take all these. Well, some of these changes that they're talking about in the big picture, you know, you've got a company making a billion dollars. Some of the changes are they're only a you know, million dollars. Hmm. Hmm. You know, when you're making a billion, you know, it's less than one percent in some areas. You know. Um, so, do but, you think it's ideological then? I think it's very ideological now. Yeah. It really is. Um, and that's what unfortunately happened in some disputes. It becomes more principle between the parties. Mm, mm. Um, with the offshore drilling for gas, is there a worry that the removal of the gas could cause geological disturbance? No, no, no. They've been, they've been um, supplying gas for over 40 years now. Um, hasn't been any issues that I know of. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say? No, no. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Thanks for um, appearing on the show. No worries. Thank you. That was Peter Mooney from the Electrical Trade Union, and you're listening to City Limits. The time is 9.25, and this is 3CR, 8.55 a.m. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au.